0: Hey, welcome to the podcast. I am Joel, and I'm here with my dad, Rick. And I am Rick. And uh, what are we going to talk about today, Joel? Well, I wanted to continue (laughs) with, we kind of stumbled on something recently. Yeah. Uh, Well, I say we stumbled on it. You kind of have known this for a long time, but we've been talking about parenting, and, yeah. But what's fascinating is these things we've been talking about, We, as we kind of expand them out, because we don't really prepare very much. Uh, <laughs> as we expand them out, we find that everything you learn in parenting really applies in most of life. They're principles for oh, yeah. us and principles for dealing with others because the beautiful thing about principles is they work in any situation. Yeah. It's not rules. Rules are say, do this, don't do this. Principles say, if you do this, you'll get this. So if you do this here, you'll probably get that. If you do this here, you'll get that. Generally,
1: this is the way life
0: works. Yeah, yeah so the beautiful thing about it is as you kind of apply these principles, broaden them out, you start to see it's not just about parenting, it's, just, it's really about, I mean, aren't we all just grown up kids or maybe need to be a little more grown up kids? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're still in process, yeah. that's for sure. So the topic I wanted to talk about today was um this this is a a one that's uh church right we okay. we know if you've listened to us at all, you've heard us harping on the importance of being in church, yeah, what we put value on in like you know if we prioritize something minimally, our kids won't prioritize it at all uh but if we prioritize it extremely what we do in in excess or excuse me what we do in moderation, our kids will do in excess so if we don't go to church but every once in a while, our kids won't go to church at all. So the bottom line is this, this is a thing that I think is a challenge for a lot of people is uh, we've all got our church preferences. And there's this also this kind of really, I'm just going to call it what it is, stupid idea that we should let kids choose their religion for themselves. Now, I've already set this up as I'm completely opposed to this idea. It's kind of slanted that saying it's a stupid idea, but uh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, and if you, if you believe that this, um, we're going to try and dismantle it. So let me just ask you to consider what if possibly what they're saying is true. And we'll try and back up our argument here. Uh, again, we've already, I've already front loaded this thing a little bit, but I, I think the idea that we should let our kids choose anything for themselves is unwise in the early stages.
1: Yeah. Right? Uh, I'm thinking anything's a lot of stuff. So there might be something, but yeah.
0: Anything's a lot of stuff. That's a deep statement. What does that mean? (laughs) I mean, you say
1: don't let them choose anything. I mean, maybe they could choose what pair of shoes they wear today. Uh,
0: Right, right, right. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, good point. Uh, Anything having to do with I mean, kids Kids want instant gratification. So yeah. anything, you know, like if I let my daughter choose her meals, it would be like gummy dots and yeah. s- sweet peaches, sh- sugar gummy peaches with a <laughs> topping of chocolate at the end. Which so, some
1: moms would have no problem with, but I don't know if many. So yeah. So yeah. anyway.
0: So my point is this. I want to talk first of all about the idea of, should we, some people go, well, I'm going to let my child decide for themselves what faith they're going to be. And it's not, you know, and it's not, that's the that's the educated erudite thing to do. Is very let open our kids, minded, yeah, yeah. But the other thing is uh, the idea of passing our religion on to our kids. Do we have a responsibility to pass our religion on to our kids? I, I think the Bible pretty much clearly indicates that we do. Yeah. It says these things you've learned, teach them, right?
1: Yeah. Well, and I mean, in the Old Testament, it says to train up a child in the way he should go, not train him and let him decide which way he should go. You need to decide which way he should go. And that's not talking about like career. Well, it kind of is. Train up a child in the way he should go. But then there's another passage which says, be careful to know the state of your flock. So in other words, you're to train up a child in the way he should go. And it's your responsibility to discern and find out and pray and hear from the Lord which direction God has called that child to go and then you point them in that direction. Now, it you may not be 100% right, and it, they may go a totally different direction. I'm not talking spiritually. I'm thinking here more like career thing. Yeah. And and that's okay, too. But you're to know the condition. You're to study your child. You're to know the condition of your flock. You're to know what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are, and then try to point them in that direction. And it doesn't take, you know, I'm not terribly introspective, but I could see within you leadership ability. So I wanted to encourage you in that, you know, and not discourage you, not... It's basically don't tear down their spirit. Um, we talked on another podcast about Elise as being terribly creative, and that can be um, a, a big f- sucking of energy from you because she's always got something to do, always got something for you to do with her. Mm-hmm. And so you want to encourage those things. And like I said, it doesn't take, you know, when I say know the condition of your flock, it sounds like you're going to be, you know, this deep, pensive thing, but it's going to become pretty evident with them and what their areas of strengths and weaknesses are encourage them in that.
0: So let's expand that out to to, okay. to them choosing their faith or choosing yeah. a church for them. Uh, I think a lot of times we choose as parents we we want to go I mean I want to go to a church that I like, right? Yeah, exactly. But one of the things that you always said and specifically when we were working together at a church is you said if you can get the kids, most parents will sacrifice their likes for a place that their kid goes, dad, I got to go back to church. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I that's think that's a good parent. Yeah, right. But that's a that's a challenge too because sometimes you find yourself in a season where you're like, I don't, you know, you're at a church where you're just like, I'm just really not getting a whole lot of this. Yeah, but my kid loves it. So, yeah, what's the the balance between finding something your kid likes versus okay. uh, versus also like we need to grow? I've also heard a lot of people. Well, we've got to leave his church as a family because we're not growing spiritually. I'm like, well, what does that mean? We're not growing spiritually. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Well, okay. Here's my thoughts on that. It's like, okay, a lot of people rag on. Big mega churches today. Oh, it's just, you know, they, they have nothing but, you know, uh, it's it's like Disneyland for the kids, you know. And what I'm talking about, y- you don't want a church where it's just a playground church. Ah, I love going to church there because all we do is go and play on the playground, or all we do is we just have fun and other love. Or watch
0: TV, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, and that's the other side of it. But you also don't want a church where they throw them in the basement and put on a VeggieTales video for the whole time, you know. So you want a church that puts a priority on children's ministry. They see the value. They see the benefit in ministering to the kids, not just entertaining them, but also not just, well, just throw them in the basement. Eventually they'll get to come to the big church and they'll learn the Bible, you know? So a church that puts a value understands the value of children's ministry. And you say, well, but it's okay. This church has an amazing ministry. My kids love it. They're learning the Bible, but I'm not getting anything out of it. You know, it's maybe it's more like a seminary or maybe it's just a cemetery or whatever. You know, it's <laughs> one or the other. It's very boring. Well, check out podcasts like ours. You'll get all the spiritual food you need. There's other sources for you. Grow up. Be a big boy. Feed yourself. You know, let your kids go to a place where they're going to they're gonna fall in love with church, get into the habit of going to church. There's a little coffee shop opened up over here a little while ago. For the first month, free coffee. Free coffee, you know, every day you can come in and get a free coffee. Okay, now they're in their second month. One dollar for brewed coffee, one dollar for brewed coffee the whole month, you know. I'm anxious to see what they're going to do next month. They are building a habit in people of, you go by this coffee shop on your way to work. It may be a little out of the way, but you make this a part of your regular route to work. They are genius. If church, if we would do that as a family, okay, kids, we're going to go. You, you get them in the habit of going and the kids just know, hey, it's Sunday morning. We're going to go to church. Yeah. Sunday night. You had
0: that for us. Even in Guatemala, yeah. we knew we were going to be going to two church services. We go to the English, then we go to the Spanish, and then we'd go to ice cream. <laughs> and we always loved going to Glad ice cream afterwards. That was the the pattern. Yeah, and that's a good. That's an interesting point of kind of behavioral behaviorism, like training a kid, like yeah. positive. Like this is why we do it, and this is what you're going to get. And I mean, we love ru- as much as kids say they don't love routines. Kids need routines. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. and as you bu- if you build it earlier, I think it becomes a really important yeah. part of it. So let's talk about their capacity to like that. Dad, I love church, and then you walk in and you realize that all they're doing is watching, you know, uh, veggie, veggie Tales tale videos, right yeah. the whole time. Well, <laughs> like,
1: eventually the kids are going to get tired of that too. You know, I mean, the, so. Uh, yeah, you do need to make sure, like I said, it's, there are churches that put a priority on children's ministry, Yeah, ministry, not children's entertainment or anything, you know, but it should be, but that doesn't mean it needs to be boring either. It should be entertaining. It should be fun. It should be captivating. I mean, I think it was probably pretty entertaining when those disciples went around handing out fish and loaves and every time they reached in the basket, there was more. That'd be pretty, <laughs> pretty cool to see. I'd like to yeah. see that, you know? And so
0: it's not like it needs to be boring. So uh, let's talk about that, though, because there's a lot of people that, look, I mean, listen, I know a lot of you dogmatic Christians, listen over here. And, uh, you know, well, we need a theologically solid teaching for our kids. And yet your kids, they, you know, I think sometimes one of the things, we did a podcast about sacrifice. I think one of the things we need to sacrifice for our kids is recognizing what we think is interesting right now is not interesting for them. No. And you have to recognize the stages of growth. And you have to realize that as a kid, you you didn't want the, you know, the five points of Calvinism. Yes, but it's foundational for our belief system. Is it? Yeah. Is it really right now? And yeah. I, I think that's important to understand too, because a lot of people, they're going to go to a church that's like, well, this fits with our theological framework, but this is where kids leave the church as they get older. Yeah. But there's nothing relevant being taught to them of how to fit in. To or to not to fit in, we don't want to fit in wrong word choice, but about how to apply what they're learning in the real world. And that's where kids go, This wasn't relevant to me. Yeah. And well, again,
1: well, you know, there's two streams. I mean, there's the stream in the church that's kind of the Western model of of Christianity, and that's the stream where it's all intellectual. And if I get more information, I'm becoming a disciple.
0: Yeah. You want a
1: discipleship program? Well, if you learn these 12 things, you're a disciple, and you can disciple others, you know. And that's the Western approach. The Eastern approach is more of an emotional, more of a connection, more of a, um, uh, it's a relationship. It it's is. a heart. Yeah, it's it's a, sitting
0: under a teacher, watching the way he lives. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's that's and, and that's and more real Christianity, should I say? I don't know. That's, that'd get us in trouble saying that too, but that's okay, we're always in trouble. The point is that there there is a balance of those. There are things that you know. Add to your faith, not knowledge, add to your faith, virtue, virtue. Into to virtue, add knowledge. So if you can get the virtue into the kids, that's teaching, that's just how to live, mm-hmm. how to respond. And that's what you add to your faith first. And then upon that, you can build all the knowledge you want to, but you've got to add that virtue first. And that's where teaching, just teaching kids, just, I remember, just be kind, be nice. Get You know, very, okay, a very Joel Osteen message. Just be nice to one another. No wonder he gets out, ragged on a lot. He's not theologically profound. He just says, be nice, get along, be kind,
0: which love is, one another. Which is hard enough.
1: Yeah. If yeah. you can, and that's what I think is funny. <laughs> Jesus said, they'll know you're my disciples if you just love one another. And that he didn't even command us to love the world. He just said, if you can just get along, they'll figure it out that
0: you Again, love one another. hard enough. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, let's talk about this idea of this responsibility to... um pass down our faith to our yeah, kids. Okay. And I, I think some of us don't take that seriously enough. Uh,
1: I, well, I, we don't realize that we don't take it seriously enough. I think we think it's gonna happen by osmosis somehow. You know? Yeah, yeah. That I, I believe in Jesus and I, then I live my life the way I'm supposed to live my life, kind of nice guy thing. And then, and I go to church once in a while. And so therefore my kids are gonna do the same thing I do, but it doesn't work that
0: way. Well, and we talked about that. Because I mean, we kind of threw that out in the first top talk we did on this, in the, the I think the podcast was called "Concerned About My Kids." The mm-hmm. idea that y- you know you don't have a sometimes you don't have a lot of control about where your kids go, but you have to set the example. Yeah. But you're saying it's not just set the example; there also has to be some in, in, instructional element of it because kids aren't yeah. going to put one and one together or two and two together. I and mean, that's why they go to school to learn how to put one and one together. Yeah. Uh, so there has to be some instructional element of it, and just by living this life, it's not gonna necessarily transfer down. Right,
1: it's kind of like evangelism. We think, well, if I just live a nice life, my neighbors are gonna see that they need to be a Christian, and not. They just see you're a nice guy, instead of understanding, and that's where you're passing on to your kids, here's why we do it this way. We do it this way because of the example set by the Father. We do it this way because this is what Scripture says. We do it this way because, and so if, and you know, the fact is, I found if I understand the because of something, if I understand the reason behind something, I'm much more likely to do it than if I'm just told to do it. And maybe, the, well, part of it's probably the old Adamic nature. I mean, if I was very submissive, you just tell me what to do and I'll do it, whatever. The But I think God's built into us. And I, explain to me why I need to do that, and I'm more likely to do it.
0: Well, He gave you a brain for a reason. Yeah, yeah, just to keep your head from imploding. <laughs> yes. I guess you know. But I mean, that's a really good point. Is is Well, what's that that verse in Timothy says, take this truth and teach it to faithful men, right? right? There's things you've learned of me. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Like you've got to, the word of God has to be presented to them in application. And and that's where I think application is so important. In any church you choose, are they showing you how to apply this? Right. And some people love knowledge just for the sake of knowledge. But as Paul says, much knowledge puffeth in the King James version puffeth you up yeah. it puffs you up and so yeah. just having knowledge is not going to accomplish the work it's going to be hey oh, we had this conversation with Elise about something the other day or something on TV we said we don't we don't we not watch that and she, she she gets very uncomfortable when we get serious but i said yeah. this is why we don't watch that this yeah. goes against what we believe and so we don't want you to think that that's okay to do that and you know she gets all squirrely and stuff but i yeah. thought it was a really important teaching moment for that because She's not going to naturally get it, um, and some, and that's where I think it's really powerful as a parent. Sometimes, if you don't know the why, you're saying no. Maybe you need to figure it out. Yeah, because yeah. your own life, if you don't know the why of what you're doing, you probably are a mind numb religious robot. Yeah, what's the yeah. why of what you're doing? That's a principle. When you do this, you're going to do that. So that's the reason we're going to do it this way because we want this kind of an outcome. This is where you, we sometimes have to go. Yeah, why? Why is my default answer no on that, or why is my yeah. default answer yes on that? What's behind it? Uh, When you know your why, it makes your direction a lot easier.
1: And you know, the crazy thing about that in that particular situation, I would almost guarantee you she couldn't tell you again why you don't, but she remembers
0: you don't. Right. Which early on, I mean, that's the thing. Early on, we talked about that virtue structure of virtue, you know, add to your faith virtue. Virtue is this is the framework that we've, with a G.K. Chesterton, and he says, the chief aim of God's order is to give freedom for good things to run wild. Oh. That's here, good. I like that. Here's yeah. the space right here. Uh-huh. Here's his order: run wild in there, have, buddy. Have, go you at got. It. It. You can do whatever you want in that framework. And that's the first thing we have to teach to kids: is the chief aim of God's order is. Hey, there's lots of good stuff we can do within this framework. But yeah. if you go outside of that framework, you get hurt. Yeah. And that's the, I think that's why we, it is our responsibility to teach that to our kids and not let them, let them figure it out on their own. No,
1: absolutely not. Because here's the thing. Let me ask you this. Do you think the world's going to allow them to figure out on their own what they want? Do you think anybody else is going to do that, uh, is going to let them just decide, well, you decide if you'd like to buy this product or not? Man, they're going to do everything they can to get them to buy it. And so we need to be the ones that are providing the guidance and the hope and, and help for them and so
0: they're not wandering around lost. Thanks for listening. Please consider sharing this with your friends on the platform of your choice. For more from Joel Malm, visit JoelMalm.com. For more from Rick Malm, visit rickmalm.com. Our podcast music was produced by Alex Burleson.